This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. So last week we finished off with the offense. This week it's the defense. A complete breakdown about this roster and what Greg thinks is going to happen moving forward. Let's start with the defensive line, Greg. Obviously, lots of changes, a ton of changes along the front. How do you see this falling along uh, as we get ready for camp to start up in, in about a month or two? Well, the first thing, Nick, is I, I think this team, and I don't I don't think we've talked about this too much. Maybe we've hinted at it, but and and I, I and I don't think this is a big deal, but um for some people it will be. Um I think this team's gonna be a three four. Um, and I also think, let me mention his name before I forget him because he's not on the depth chart. But I think the the signing of Harvey Lange, the former undrafted free agent here who uh, got in a car crash, had injury issues, um, played yep. well for the Jets, especially against the Patriots last year. He was flying around the field. Uh, he's another linebacker, like I tweeted the other day. I, I think they now have 8 billion linebackers. <laughs> and so I think it goes to that this team's going to be a base 3-4. Um, for years, they trended more towards uh, a 4-3 or a 4-2 or 5-2, what have you. Um, now, at least the starting off point, I think, is going to be a 3-4, which means three defensive linemen. Now, look, I've talked to people around the team, and I asked them about linebackers or what have you, and what are you going to do? And they're like, it's, it's not going to matter. I mean, we play, you know, we play almost 60% of our snaps out of sub is the answer that I get. So, look, they. It, it, I would say it's not insignificant because of the, all the run difficulties that they had. And that the run difficulties, which we talked about ad nauseum, Nick, set the stage for they couldn't play any defense. They, you know, right. they, they had the worst first and second down defense in the league. It led to uh, third downs that were manageable for the other team. They couldn't get off the field. And so it's got to start with the run defense. And I think – the Patriots over the years, traditionally, when they've really needed to stop a run against a team, they've been in the 3-4. So I think their base is going to be 3-4. And when I look at the defensive line, I think the opening day starters for now um, are going to be Henry Anderson. Um, right or left end doesn't really matter. They mostly go to strength as, uh, of the, the, the formation. But <clears throat> I would say Henry Anderson at right end. Davon Godchow, who they signed from Miami as the nose tackle to open, and Lawrence Guy at the other defensive end. Um, I think those are to, right now. There's clearly they're the most experienced guys. And look, I think Anderson's position is in competition, and I think you could uh, lump a, a bunch of guys in there, including. Byron Cowart, Carl Davis, uh, Spence is more of a nose tackle. Montrevious Adams, who they signed uh, from the Packers, if I remember correctly. And Christian Barmore, who they traded up in the second round to get. I think Gotchow and Guy are going to play, and they're going to play a lot. The third position on the defensive line is a little – there's a little bit of a competition there. I think that Anderson has a big leg up. He's played in this style of defense, whether it was the Colts or the Jets – he knows what's expected. He's a lunch pail type of guy. He, you know, he's not going to really provide all that many splash plays, but he knows what's going on. He's long. He's tough to move. So I think he ha clearly has an edge at the other position, but I do think that there will be a competition. And I, I think that 
I think that Barmore has the best chance in my mind, you know, if he pops in training camp, if he's consistent, if he, if he does all the right things behind the scenes, I, I don't put it out of question. I, I don't think he's going to start, but I think he'll get significant minutes probably in sub to start. So is he your guy to surprise possibly on that defensive line? Uh, good question. Um, my guy to surprise there. Yeah, see, I'm a little bit down on Cowart. He had a chance last year was his golden opportunity to sort of, you know, take a starting role and, and, and roll with it, and he just never took it. I think they really like Carl Davis and Akeem Spence. Um, but, yeah, I guess I, I guess I would have to say, by default, I guess I would have to say Barmore, uh, even though I don't – with a guy like him, Nick – and uh, I know I wrote about this last year, uh, and I'll be writing about this with at BSJ where I do a um, sort of like a rookie development program. Sort of this is because what the Patriots do is they give rookies piecemeal and they say, hey, look, just take this and then master it. Then we'll talk about other things. And with a guy like Barmore who clearly has some – you know, off the practice field sort of red flags, they're not going to overwhelm him. Um, so I would say for the start of the season, Barmore is not going to surprise. Could he surprise by the end of the season if he masters his role probably as he's probably the new Adam Butler to start out if he does all the right things? Yep. I think that's a ceiling for the first half of the season is Adam Butler. And then we'll see. But I do think he has the opportunity. He, he will have the opportunity to surprise whether he grabs it or not. We'll see. All right, let's move on to Edge. Obviously, we know who's starting at Edge. Kyle Van Noy, uh, Matthew Judon. Just your thoughts quickly about those two guys before we move down a little bit on the depth chart. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, Van Noy, I do think as we go along in the summer, depending on what's going on, you know, with Uche and some other people and Winovich and Dietrich Wise and and – I do think there's a there's a there's a chance. I think there's a small chance that Van Noy, at the end of the day, for the betterment of the team, there is a chance that Van Noy could be moved to stand up linebacker next to Hightower. Now, I don't think that's likely, but I think it's one of those things where the Patriots are like, all right, well, you know, are we are we better if we move Van Noy there and put Uche and go Uche and Winovich as a platoon on the edge? And does that make us better? If they can't solve the inside, I think they'll start with trying to solve the inside linebacker position. Could be McMillan, uh, Raekwon, um, who who I've liked at times over the years. Uh, who knows? Maybe Bentley and Jennings all of a sudden come to the forefront. Uh, Cameron McGrone, the 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 rookie, uh, probably you know he's he's hurt coming off the ACL and stuff like that. But I think that Van Noy has a chance to go there. But uh, I think that. Those are two really experienced guys. Judon, there's a little bit of a fear of – he kind of comes and goes as far as how effective he is during games. Yeah. He's got to grind it out here a little bit more to really be successful. But provided he does that, um, he does he does everything well. He, you know, he, he sets the edge well. He rushes the passer well. Um, Consistency is what we're looking for. Van Noy is certainly consistent when he's there on the edge. He's – He's terrific. I, you know, I, it, it, I would say he's in my mind, he's a little bit better than Rob Ninkovich was. Um, 
at Nikovic's prime. I think that Van Noy's everybody's good, but uh, they're in good. If they wind up with Van Noy and Judon, they're in good hands there. All right. So let's look at the secondary guys on the edge. I think we could safely say that Wise is going to play a decent amount, right? He's a trusted guy. He's coming back. They know what they have in him. The interesting, the most interesting battle to me is going to be Chase Winovich versus Ronnie Perkins because, you know, you say that you love the film on Perkins. You think he's exactly what this defense was missing. He's got a little bit of nasty. He's got toughness. He's got physicality. Mm -hmm. And you've also questioned Winovich in the past. So right now on the right side, you have Van Noy. Then you have Winovich, Perkins. Let's start with that battle, Greg between Chase and Ronnie and what you make of that. And can Perkins make some headway and kick Winovich down the depth chart? Yeah, Nick, it's a, it's a good question. And I, and I think it's interesting. I do think that they're, they're going to be pitted against each other. Um, and I think it's basically, <laughs> I, I, I don't exactly know how they do, would do this in training camp, but I think it's going to come down to, um, they're going to put them in a lot of toughness drills, a lot of uh, edge drills, like holding the edge against the run. And they do have these drills. They have these drills where they'll go one-on-one against the tight ends or one-on-one against the tackles, you know, pass rush. But they also do running versions. And I think they're right. going to see, you know, who's the tougher son of a gun there on the edge. Um, there's no question that off of his college film and also off of Belichick's comments that, they think it's Ronnie Perkins and, and I don't necessarily disagree with them. I mean, I think that chase certainly has, you know, one of the highest motors you will ever see. And he has very good pass rushing instincts. There are no, there's no doubt about that. Um, And he's, he's been a very effective pass rusher. It's, it's other things. And also Nick, and here's where I think ultimately things get decided. And when it comes down to the end of the day, towards the end of training camp, when they're having these personnel meetings and what are we going to do here? Who are we going to keep? Who are we maybe going to trade? Is they're going to ask, who do you trust more to execute the the play? Because a lot of the issues with not, I don't want to say a lot. Some of the issues with Winovich among the team is that sometimes he can't be trusted. And, and that goes to when I asked, like, well, why don't you try my inside linebacker? Like, I think he could, you know, Clay Matthews made the transition there. Um, other players similar to Winovich and, and, and Matthews have done that. And, um, and the response was, we can't even trust him on the edge. How are we going to trust him to do the right thing in the middle of the, the defense? And so that's the big thing. I mean, if, if Ronnie Perkins comes out there and is – is lives up to his billing, which is a tough SOB, um, really strong at the point of attack. Uh, he he freelances a little bit too, but not as much as Winovich. You know, if those if Perkins wins out on all that stuff, then I think you have uh, a situation where Winovich could be on the block at some point during training camp. Yeah, when you put all these pieces together, what you've talked about so far. What Belichick has right now is is some flexibility between the mm-hmm. linebacker position and the edge position because, hey, yep. if, if inside linebacker, if Josh Uche, who we'll talk about in a minute, if he doesn't pop, if he doesn't follow up the rookie season, which showed a lot of promise, if that's what happens, then you can now move Van Noy in Uche's spot. You can move Perkins up. You can have Perkins and Uche work on the edge. You can have Winovich, Perkins, and Uche work on the edge. You can say, hey, no, we're really, really confident in Perkins, and you can move on from Winovich and maybe pick up an asset for next year's draft. 
I mean, what yeah. Belichick has in all of those spots is something he definitely did not have last year, and that is some depth and some flexibility in the ability to move guys in certain spots, which will make this defense better given yep. the circumstances at that very moment. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with you, Nick, and I think that's a really good point. I mean, it's we're used to a lot of flexibility with the Patriots and, you know, that Belichick has options. I just – you look at every position from the defensive line to the edge to the linebackers to cornerbacks, okay, maybe not so much. Maybe they will at some point uh, down the line. The safeties, they have multiple types of guys. Like, I don't think there's ever been a training camp heading into a training camp, Nick, where I've looked at a roster and been like, you know, I don't, at the end of the day, I don't know where the puzzle pieces are going to come down. I mean, you have a lot of guys that could play different multiple positions. And right. we know that the Patriots are always like, you know, it's all, it's cliche. It's ridiculous beating like a dead horse around here. The Patriots look for versatility and they want this and they want that. And, and that's certainly been a constant theme throughout the years, but I've never seen anything like this. I mean, just look at the safeties, for example, yeah. Nick, and we'll yep. get into them. But like, you know, Devin McCourty's one guy, Jay, former cornerback safety, Jalen Mills, former quarterback safety. Is he a cornerback? Who knows? Adrian Phillips can play box and free. Kyle Duggar can play linebacker and safety. Um, I feel like I'm missing somebody there at, at safety, but um Oh, well, Patrick Chung retired. Um, but th there's just a lot of different moving parts. And um, I think more than any other, this is going to be fascinating to see how things come down at the end. And, and right now, the Patriots can go in a lot of different directions. And as we've said before, it's going to come down to the practice field. You know, what? Who? I, there's going to be a lot of competition in this camp. And hopefully that pushes the the group up instead of holding them back. All right, so let's look at inside linebacker. Dante Hightower, we know who he is. We know how good he is. We'll see what happens since he was gone last year. What's he look like early on? But Hightower absolutely is going to start in one of those spots. And then you look at some of the others, right? You know, Raekwon McMillan is a guy, as you said, in spots he's kind of stuck out to you. Other times, not really yep. so much. This morning we've heard that Cam McGrone is likely going to sit the entire season so I don't know how much he's going to factor in. A guy that jumped out at me at times, Greg, last year was Therese Hall. I thought at times he had games where he punished people downhill. He showed some quickness from sideline to sideline. But, you know, again, he he's a guy that's kind of, you know, he's 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 on the depth chart. But he's right. somebody who could flash every once in a grand yeah. while. The, the, the thing that is most interesting to me, though, is Uche Bentley. You know, yep. because a lot of people, I think, might go in and say, well, Maybe Belichick plays it safe. Maybe he starts Hightower and Bentley, the two vets. You actually have Uche over Bentley to start with Hightower. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts on Uche following up a rookie season that, you know, hey, he showed a lot at, at certain times of what he can do. And I think people, including myself and you, are excited to see what he has in store for his sophomore season. Yeah. First off, let me get a couple of jokes off my chest. Um, okay. <laughs> so the Therese Hall thing, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, he did flash at times last year. I just think it's like, you know, it's what's the cliche in media. It's, you know, it yeah, actually, I, I'm not going to say it because who knows, maybe I'll get in, in trouble for it. But just let's just say that, um, it, you know, Therese Hall being out there was, you know, a little bit like last call at the bar. 
you know, like, yeah. uh, yeah, when you're ready to exit, you know, there's a lot of things that look good um, with what went on on that defense <laughs> last year. Um, and then Cameron McGrone, I just can't get the the scene out of the town, um, you know, when it's like, you know, only in Boston do you have is someone named Albert McGlone. And, you know, I, I think Cam, Cam McGrone, he's, I'm, I think his nickname is going to be the town um, from now on because he, uh, he reminds me, what's that guy's name, Slane? Who played the the driver in the I town? Can't I can't yeah. remember. Come on, man! I have a bad one memory my, with movies and stuff like that's that. One, I can't remember. It's uh, one of my favorite movies. But <laughs> uh, so yeah, High Tower. Look, I I do think it's. I don't want to alarm people, but I do think it's interesting that there's been sort of a dearth of Dante High Tower news. Um, not that I think that he's not coming back. I mean. I think we've been reporting since December that it looked like uh, a lot of the guys were coming back. Of course, Patrick Chung retired, and um, I think somebody else might have been released at some point, but I don't know. But anyways, uh, you know, hopefully he follows through and comes back. I don't think it's that big of a deal that he's missed a year. You know, I hear from a lot of fans, and they're just like, oh, you know, he hasn't played football in a year. and And there was some of that talk with, the college football opt-outs. Um, I don't think it really affected the opt-outs all that much in this draft. And I don't think it's going to affect these guys. I think th- there's nothing, a lot of these guys get hurt now for the year. Right. I mean, and then they come back. I mean, so what's the difference? I, I you know, sure. There's going to be a breaking in period, but at least there is going to be a real off season for them. If it was like COVID last year and, you know, there was a similar situation, then you might be a little bit worried, but, you know, I feel good about Hightower getting in his work. Uh, McMillian, I think, I think it's, I think there's a three-way race between McMillian, Uche, and Bentley for the other linebacker spot. And again, if none of those guys take a step up, or maybe Uche is better on the edge, then maybe they, out of desperation, they say, you know what? Let's take a look at this in practice for this practice. Let's look at Van Noy next to Hightower. Right. Let's move Uche to the edge or maybe start Winovich or start Perkins. It won't happen with Perkins, but you get my drift. That Let's take a look at that in practice, see how it looks, right. and then we'll go from there. So I think it's a almost three, four-person race for the other inside linebacker spot. I think that Uche, in my mind, gets the first look. Again, we could throw Harvey Lange in here. I think he's going to be a factor um, at some point in time uh, with the way he played against the Patriots last year. We all know how Belichick looks at the film and says, oh, you know, that guy kind of kicked our ass. Let's go get him. So uh, I, I think that I like Uche because, look, if things go to plan, Nick, and Van Noy and Judon are on the edge, where the hell does Uche play? Yeah. I mean, he yeah. has to play somewhere, and yeah, he was a high enough pick. Yeah, he's got to play somewhere. Not just he's a high enough pick. I, I think he earned it last year by what he showed when he was given opportunity, which which really brings me to the next guy. We've sat here, and we just mentioned four, five, six different names. We yeah. have not mentioned Anthony Jennings. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to do with him. I don't. I mean, uh, unfortunately, I mean, I don't think he was a bad player last year. And um, he, he, you know, he struggled in – well, <laughs> let me change that. At times he was bad last year. Like he, you know, he, you could tell he blew some. He blew 
more than his own assignments last year, struggled in in pass coverage. Uh, looked at times he looked overwhelmed with the speed of the game. You know, maybe who knows? Maybe with a full off season and all that jazz, maybe he's ready and comes with a new attitude. Not that I thought his attitude was bad. I just think he wasn't good enough. Uh, but he comes refreshed and ready to battle. I mean, that's possible. But I just think, you know, like we talked about with the edge, I think that Uche has to play somewhere considering where he was drafted. I think considering the athletic ability that he's shown, the production that he's shown toward, towards the end of last year, I think they need to find a spot for him. And I think ultimately, I think ultimately he looked a little bit small for the edge at the NFL level uh in in the in the time that he's gotten not that he can't do it and I think he can do it on a situational basis but in every I think he's I think he's more of the heir to the Dante Hightower throne of stand up linebacker move to edge um and bring somebody else in at linebacker or a safety on third down because I just I don't think he could take the pounding at his size every down on the edge right. but I do think he can do it pass rushing on third and longs and then I think he has the athletic ability to play inside. All right, let's look at cornerback. This one should be a position that goes rather quickly. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we have Gilmore on one end on the right side. We've got J.C. Jackson on the left side. We've got Jonathan Jones in the slot. Just kind of want to look at some of these other names. Uh, first, Joan Williams. Is he gone or can he stay? I, I, I can't see it. Uh, unless he is completely reborn, I cannot see a situation where he is on the roster come cutdowns, save injuries. Uh, I just can't see it. He's never had a role in this team. There's no ready role for him. You know, I I don't even know what he could do in the offseason to make up the ground. I just think uh, I just think it's coming to the end of the line for him. If so, just what a wasted opportunity that pick was when you look back uh, using it on, on Joe Juan Williams. Like, Another- what do we call him? Uh, Ross I. Williams. Oh, Ross I. Williams. Yeah. Good old Ross I. Williams. All right. So let's look at uh, the other cornerback spots as backups. Michael Jackson, D'Angelo Ross. I want to wait until Miles Bryant because I think you're going to yeah. go a little bit longer on Miles. So your thoughts on Michael Jackson and D'Angelo <laughs> Ross? Uh, yeah, I think that, um, you know, Jackson's a veteran. They they liked him last year, and I think you could put, you know, D-Virgin is a guy who they signed this offseason. He's very similar to Jackson. I think they're sort of veterans with experience. They have some – they've shown some decent play, and so they like to have them around. I think uh, D'Angelo Ross flashed big time last year in, in, in training camp, and I think that he – you know, he gets an opportunity to sort of be the next – guy at cornerback for this group and then you know and then yeah you're right you know miles bryant is another is a whole sort of different conversation is he a safety is he a cornerback um he's really small but i think that i think they like the versatility that he brings and also that he can do um he could play both ways also you know we we should also mention jalen mills because I have a feeling that Jalen Mills for this year might help at cornerback if needed. And then maybe a year from now when McCourty and Adrian Phillips are free agents, maybe he moves to safety then. Uh, but I think they they certainly have their choice of guys. I like Ross. I think he's sort of the next 
if you're looking for a guy to be the next Malcolm Butler, the next JC Jackson as the Ooh. undrafted free agent, Ooh. it's D'Angelo Ross. I mean, that's that's been what he's shown to this point. You could also make the argument for Miles Bryant, but I think he's just different because I think he's he might ultimately be a safety. I mean, for him as an undrafted rookie last year in COVID, everybody loves to make excuses for players in COVID. They never really uh, sing the praises of guys who actually um, didn't use that as a crutch or an excuse and went to another level. But for an undrafted rookie in COVID to play at times at both cornerback and safety for the Patriots outside of an emergency situation, it's unheard of. I've never, I've never seen that before. And so, you know, sometimes he lacks a little bit physically in terms of how he plays. He's a guy, remember Nick, I think we talked about this in the last offensive podcast when I talked about, all right, we talked about um, Gunner and how he remade his body from one year to the next. You were like, okay, now he looks like an NFL player. He didn't before. I think Miles Bryant is the candidate, my candidate for to show up in veteran minicamp in June. And we're like, holy crap, who the hell is that guy? And all of a sudden he's a real player, sort of, uh, you know, nickel, joker, whatever type of player. I think he has, he, him and D'Angelo Ross are sort of the next wave. And I'll be interested to see what Miles Bryant looks like this year physically and where the Patriots put him to open up minicamp because what he did last year underrated underappreciated how big that was of what the Patriots asked of him last year all right let's jump back to safety here because you know I feel like when Jalen Mills signed with the Patriots it caught us at least many of us off guard said wait a minute Jalen Mills huh what and then (laughs) Patrick Chung retired and then you look at McCourty and Phillips being free agents after this year and you go Okay, now it starts to make a lot more sense why they bring in Mills. You talked about his versatility. You know, you expect right now what's on your depth chart, McCourty and Phillips to be the starters. Uh, Just a little bit about those guys before we move on to uh, Duggar and Mill. Yeah, um, I, you know, I think that I heard a lot last year, Nick, and I'm sure you heard it too. You know, a lot of people were like, well, you know, McCourty's not playing that well this year. You know, what's wrong with McCourty? Did he, you know, did he even want to come back? Is is as he lost a step? And I do think that he's lost maybe a half a step or something like that. Um, but to me, what you saw last year out of Devin McCourty, um, a couple of different things. Number one, without Deron Herman, they never had another deep safety option to on third downs, bring in there. You put Deron Harmon at center field, and now all of a sudden Devin McCourty gets to uh, be the robber and, you know, read the quarterback's eyes and go make plays. That's really what his forte was. He never got – he never really got to do that last year because they didn't – they never had any other options. I mean, to the point that by the end of the season, they were using undrafted free agent Miles Bryant in that role. Enter Jalen Mills as sort of – I think he's going to be – he's going to be the drawn Harmon role to start this year. And I think that frees up Devin McCourty. I think that you will see Devin McCourty rebound and have a better year, even though he's getting, you know, older and older. He's, he's the type of guy. He, he reminds me of the Rod Woodson types, the champ Bailey types, the Daryl green types that just, they play forever that they're just, yeah, they're just built to play football. And I think Devin McCourty is just that. I mean, 
yeah, the guy's been, I, of course, me being a Rutgers grad, I've seen Devin McCourty since he was basically a baby at Rutgers to now. And he's been like the same player throughout his career, <laughs> like this in the same levels, the same consistency. It's he's unbelievable. the same guy. Yeah, he is. And, uh, He's going to be 80 and he's probably going to look the same and probably can run like, you know, like Michael Vick ran a four, four, seven, five the other day at the Rich Eisen thing. Like that's going to be Devin McCourty. And so, uh, you know, I think, I think him, them getting Mills has really, we should see Devin McCourty rebound. Adrian Phillips, uh, you know, now that they have 8 billion linebackers, now Adrian Phillips doesn't have to get run over by 300 pounds <laughs> tackles every week. I think you called it what the lollipop guild at one yeah. point. Last oh week. yeah. I said, yeah, here we go with the lollipop guild. And then of course <laughs> they got run over and couldn't get off the field and all that stuff. So no more. I mean, if they do go to the lollipop guild, it'll be of their own choosing. And like, I'm fine with Kyle Duggar can be in my, my lollipop guild. That dude will, you know, jack some people up in, you know, he, he'd be one of the, one of those mean guys in the uh, lollipop guild, but uh, Phillips is just, thank God. Now he, now he can roam a little bit more and do what he's, he, he when he was with the chargers, he also excelled in the robber role. So now all of a sudden you could have a situation where Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips are sort of alternating and the, and the quarterback's like, I'm not sure who the robber is going to be. And, they're going back and forth and baiting him. And and so I could see a lot of really interesting games there. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the Patriots, even without Patrick Chung, you know, Duggar, Bloodsoe, the draft pick, uh, they're in really good hands right now at safety, at both safety spots, and possibly into the future, depending on what they do with those two free agents. I just want to ask you one question about Duggar. How good do you think he could be this year? It's a great question, Nick, and and there's no question that, um, you know, I have a little bit on the line with Kyle Duggar because basically like one or two games into his career, you know, I was <laughs> I was calling him a star, and uh, the next about Jamal Adams, the next Jamal Adams, and like you know, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I'm hoping he's damn good. That's for sure. Uh, you know, I sort of I, I sort of had uh, similar praise very early for Dietrich Wise on a different level. I didn't call you know Jamal Adams, but I did think that he could be a star around here. And hey, he got to a second contract, or you know, so you know, I I think that one worked out okay. Uh, but I think that Kyle Duggar is just hopefully, and I have no reason to suspect otherwise because he just seems like a really humble, hardworking kid uh lunch pail type I, I hope that he put in the work this offseason both um you know mentally to play in space a little bit better but also physically to take another level because if he comes and he's ready I look for it more in year three Nick than I do in year two right but who knows he could arrive earlier but I he has the potential to be a game changer on defense for this team uh, he has that type of potential and, you know, kudos to Belichick, you know, for the draft pick, hopefully it keeps working out for them. I, I just think the kid has star written all over him, but we'll see. Here's one last thing I'll say about this defense as a whole. And, and I, I think it's interesting we talked about the flexibility, but also when you look at the mix of veteran and young, it, it gives you a feel of like, okay, finally, yeah, this exactly. This isn't a defense on its last leg, so to speak. You know, you yep. think McCordy can play forever. 
you know, but you look at Duggar, you look at Uche, you look at hopefully Barmore, you look at Ronnie Perkins, even you look at Winovich, uh, if he can get it going a little bit more consistently. J.C. Jackson, he might not be around for a while, but he, he's a younger guy. Like, you have the mix of young, which makes you feel like this defense has some potential to grow and get better, and it's just which guys are going to survive and how long will they be here? You know, between Phillips and, and Hightower and Gilmore, how yep. much do those guys have left? But, you know, Patriots fans can look at this defense and say, hey, we got some guys we can get excited about over the next couple of years. This isn't just, okay, we, we feel like we're playing out the string or we're worried about the impending doom of the age of this defense. You've got some building blocks. And maybe Anthony Jennings does something. Who knows? Maybe. But, you know, you, you feel good about those other names I just mentioned. All right, let's get to the uh, – by the way, I want to mention that the schedule, of course, is coming out tomorrow. I'm sure we'll have oh, a yeah. lot of reaction on that later in the week. But let's jump to the uh, member question of the day, bostonsportsjournal.com, of course. Check them out at BSJ3999 on their annual plan, top-notch analysis of all the Boston Pro Sports. Also, of course, if you're a Pats junkie, Membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis that Bedard does on the coaches' film and direct access to him in weekly chats. Greg, this is uh, another week where I depend upon you. You tell me you'll find one. What question did you find from a BSJ member? Okay, so Aaron J. asks, um, not that I really wanted to continue to talk about this, but he asked, so I will answer. Uh, <laughs> Barmore is a fascinating pick. Patch actually moved up and gave up multiple picks to get a guy who has red flags. Is this more an Aaron Hernandez situation or Rob Gronkowski situation? Both fell in the 2017, uh, 2010 draft. I'll be for, for different reasons. What have I learned? Much. Um, yeah, I would say that I don't, I don't think that Barmore is comparable to Hernandez and Gronkowski at all. Um, I think that, you know the the only the only reason that they're compare or the only reason that I have mentioned Aaron Hernandez and Christian Barmore is is to talk about the intel the intel that Belichick gets from right his closer coaching friends right um, Nick Saban Urban Meyer sometimes sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't um, those Florida teams had a lot of busts in in and and issues with the Patriots, be it Chad Jackson, any of the, you know, there a bunch of guys, um, Alabama, a lot of guys have not worked out from Alabama. So is my only point is, is bill just taking the word of these coaches, their buddies be like, Oh, well, they'll, they would bring it up to me if there were any issues, you know, um, maybe he doesn't talk about them. Maybe he doesn't ask the right questions, um, because he's comfortable with them. Um, as far as, no, Hernandez had issues from my reporting at the time with people worried about um, possible gang affiliations, people worried about, and, and there were some violent episodes at Florida, which have been played out in like 8 billion documentaries and podcast series and things like that. Uh, if you want to listen to my appearance on the Boston Globes, uh, I think it's, I think they call it Warrior, Ern Hernandez podcast. I'm on there a lot talking about Hernandez. Um, Rob Gronkowski was all injury. It was, he didn't play the year before he had the same micro fracture, micro dichotomy, whatever surgery that Caleb Farley, the cornerback just had that ultimately was taken in the first round by Titans. 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 Yep. Yep. 
So uh, I don't think they're at all similar. Barmore is just one of these guys that uh, people worry about his motivation. How much does he love football? How much does he want to be there? How much is he going to work? How much is he going to put in the effort off the field? Are you going to have to worry about, you know, whether he shows up or studies or things like that? And who knows? Maybe a lot of his problems in the past were just him being a kid. And maybe he's matured now and he'll be fine. You get guys like that in the league. You get some guys who are like that in college who continue in the pros who wash out very quickly. You know, the Isaiah Wilson, who was drafted in the first round by the Titans last year, didn't even last a season uh, out of Georgia. You know, uh, the quarterback at Washington. um, What was his name? Dwayne Haskins um, are two examples of guys who their work work ethics were uh, questioned in college. And it continued in the pros to the point where their drafting teams let them go less than two years into their careers. Who knows? I have no idea which way Christian Barmore is going to go. It was a risk. I don't think it was a huge risk, but it certainly was a risk. And now we'll see what the kid does here. Like a lot of my things with some of these draft picks and a lot of the stories and the chatter around them, whether it's Mac Jones and blah, blah, blah. I don't really care what a guy did before he got to the Patriots. And I know the Patriots don't care. Belichick has said it. We don't care what they did before. We only care what they've done as a Patriot. Christian Barmore now has a clean slate. Now let's see what he does with the opportunity. Yeah. And and again, you know, they had extra picks. They, They burnt a fourth round for sure. Uh, they gave up two to move up, but you know, if he, if he gives you five to seven good years, then I would say it's worth it. We just don't know. We have no idea, you know, the circumstances at Alabama again, like you said, Greg, maybe he matures, maybe he already has matured. Maybe he's going to figure it out. Maybe Belichick will help him. Maybe the veterans, we just don't know. He he might end up bombing. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles episode number 70 in the books. We'll be back later on this week. The schedule comes out tomorrow night. We'll have our thoughts on that and more for now. He's Greg and I'm Nick. Be well.